right, everyone. Welcome back to the BFit Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Connor Murphy, here with Valentino Perina, the co-founder and owner of Nutrameals, who we were introduced through our friend Alex Williams mm-hmm. uh, because of my love and passion for health and wellness and what Nutra provides in that, that sense, which is a, a prepared meal delivery service. And not just any. So you, we hear a lot about, you know, prepared meals and, and, and how that works and the benefits of it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of different details, but why I wanted to bring Valentino on today is I wanted to hear the story, not just from him, but behind Nutrameals and, and why and how they've had the success they've had. Because outside of just me singing your praises, I've had multiple friends, family members, people that I don't even know, reach out to me on social media saying, Hey, saw you post this, gave it a try. Here's X results that are happening. So it's incredible. So welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. And um, I guess, I mean, what started, what was the impetus? What was the driving force behind Nutrameals? So our background's a little bit different than most, right? So if you look at the meal prep space as a whole, a lot of the founders are business people that went to food because they saw the opportunity in the food space. We were always food people that knew business that kind of made the transition. So we had restaurants. Um, We have two now opening up a third Italian restaurants, not healthy at all because we're first generation Italian. (laughs) Where at? (laughs) Not healthy. Peabody and Beverly. Okay. We're opening up another third in Peabody, which no one knows yet. So I think you're literally the first to hear. Um, (laughs) So in the Peabody world, that's a big deal. Um, So we always had the restaurants. So we always had our chefs and our food and everything at our disposal. And at the time, my father has really bad type 2 diabetes, and he was having to take insulin every day. If you know anything about the disease, it's a shit show. It's a nightmare. Um, but a lot of it has to do with, with diet and exercise and all this stuff, even though the hospitals don't really put as much emphasize, emphasis in that. They kind of just uh, gear towards the insulin. We were like, okay, we got to get this guy to eat healthy. On top of that, my oldest brother was 428 pounds. Massive. Uh, he got really – he was a, always a college lineman, so he was a bigger guy, and then with – you know, the post-working world, he just blew the hell out. Mm-hmm. So from there, we started kind of meal prepping him out of the restaurant four years ago. Angel lost 100 pounds at the time. My dad reverted his diabetes again at the time because you have to keep up with it. Now he's he, he didn't really keep up with it, so he's back on. But at the time, it worked wonders, and we saw these crazy results. From there, I was posting it on my personal Instagram, and then a couple friends, hey, can you can I try that? Can you do that for me? Can you do that for me? Yep, sure, yep, sure. So we did it with kind of friends and family for like six to eight months on a jot form, like super um, like lax and easy. It was just kind of like looking back how we did it was crazy. I was delivering from midnight to 8 a.m. with my friend. Uh, my Me and my brothers were packing at night after the restaurant was closed. It was a shit show. I can't believe we did it. <laughs> we did it looking back. Uh, and then from there, about six months later, we opened up a website in 2018 and kind of launched it to the public. And then from there, kind of just kind of spiraled. Because um, again, we knew fo- we knew f- food. We know food. We knew food. Um, so with that being said, our quality was always first. So never really had a lot of crazy setbacks because anyone who tried our food liked our food. At the time, it's like, how do we grow? Now we just got to get in front of more people. So as soon as we started to figure out the marketing world and kind of e-commerce space and website, that's when we started to see kind of growth to where we are today. That's incredible. And bonker story. Well, how I see it too, from the, from the fitness space is I see the gyms that are, that are successful through long periods of time are started from people who give a shit about fitness. Right. And are like, 
I want to, I want to train people. I, I, I took this certification. I was training with myself and then my friends started to do it. And then they said to their friends, there's no guerrilla marketing on it. There's no, um, or this like large scale. It was just like, I'm just taking care of the people that I can. It's organic. Yeah. And, it, and it's just like, it's just, you start. Everyone thinks like, oh, how did, how did they start? What was this master plan? Did they know it all when they first started? No. Anytime people ask me about business and stuff, it's like, it's never really like that. You just rip the bandaid and you start something. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you learn, you pivot, you move, you grow. And then like four years later, you're like, what the hell? I have a 30,000 square foot facility and we do 4,000 people a week. Like it just kind of happens and you just roll with the punches and the people that survive are the people that pivot. The people that survive are the people that innovate through that process. And the people that don't are the people that either stop caring or they don't have the grit to, to go with the pivots um, or they can't really see the trends on, on how to keep up with what's happening because everything mm -hmm. is so fast. So, I mean, anytime people ask me about advice on business, I'm like, dude, you just got to get started. You know, you'll figure it out when you go, but don't overcomplicate the start. Just rip the Band-Aid and rock. Expect to make mistakes and learn you, from those mistakes. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, you can't fear it. You can't run from it. You kind of got to run after it. Like, there's a fire, got to run right after it. Um, and so many people ask me, the bigger that we get, a lot more people ask me advice on, like, how to get started. And that's kind of where my passion is right now. Obviously, like I love Nutrain. That's my passion. But like my secondary passion is trying to kind of take what I've learned throughout what's mm -hmm. going on to give it to someone else. Because if I, if someone could have told me the stuff that I know now, when I started, I could have saved like a year and a half of bullshit. Yeah. Um, so like, that's kind of like where I'm at now. I always kind of push content on how to help people where in that stage of where I was that we struggled so much with. Amazing. And, and you started, where was your first what was the first area that you were making food out of? Oh, man, dude, this is a funny one, too. So we used to do it out of Toscana's Peabody, right? And the kitchen's pretty big, but it's a busy-ass restaurant, so we had to wait till it was closed. So then my brother would come in, you know, like pretty much by himself and start cooking all this meals, and we would start packing it. So then we, <laughs> we rented a garage behind the restaurant, and we started doing the assembly there. Then we outgrew that space, and there was literally nowhere to go. So we're like, dude, what do we do? We found a um, commissary kitchen in Beverly that was for a catering company that was going out of business. So we started out of there, same thing. Like, We thought, like, holy shit, how are we going to fill this? It's so big, and we're not even close to be that big. Six months later, we like, whoa, we overpassed this thing. So we were in there for a while, way longer than we needed to. Then we found this building, and we own a lot of real estate, so we found this building in Peabody that was like a mechanic shit show miserable place and uh my oldest brother angel had a vision for it and when, when me and my other brother went we didn't really see the vision that he saw but we're like you know what let's just trust his gut bought the building about a year later we did all this crazy construction and now it's it's done and we're like holy shit so we moved in 2020 the covid years fucked me up but i think 2020 we moved in and um and then now we've been in there about a year and we outgrew it now, so we are doing expansion on the other side of the building because it's a 30,000 square foot building, but shaped like an L. We occupy one half of it. And now the other half, we kicked out the tenants. Now we're expanding out that way. Um, so it's kind of cool to see the progression. And, and, a, and a fun note that I follow Andy Frisella's lead on. I'm not sure if you follow him. Andy Frisella, mm -mm. first form. Oh, okay, so I've heard of first form. Yeah, for sure. Fucking man, dude, he's the goat. <laughs> and uh, he always talked about how he would buy these these buildings are move into these, um, these new spaces that are way bigger than what his company could handle. But he's like, I just trust the process that once you're in a space that big, 
you naturally, your mindset naturally just starts to get to that level of filling it. And then all of a sudden, like a year or two goes by and you're filled. Um, so we kind of took that process because this building was no way we were like filling it. But a year later we did because it's just, it's like when you get there, your mindset just kind of, okay, fill it, fill it, fill it. Let's keep rolling, keep rolling. And then all of a sudden you're growing. And you're like, whoa, we're out, we outgrew this space in a year. And you just recently expanded to more areas outside of the greater Boston area, right? Yeah. So we were always afraid to do that because we're so obsessed with like experience and food quality. Mm -hmm. And we never wanted someone to like, because the only way to expand in this business is FedEx or UPS or shipping. And we're always afraid to do that um, because their experience, like we don't want someone to get a late box. We don't want someone to get damaged goods because it's just a shitty experience. Like you mm -hmm. wait all, all week for this food, it comes and it's my overnight oats exploded. It's like, it sucks and it's out of our control. Right. So we finally found a, a resolution on how we could do it, that we could limit those damages. Like if you, it's always going to happen in every business. So we have a process in place. So if it does happen, we fix right away and have that process. And 99% of the time it's not going to happen now the way that we have it set up. So now we do Florida, the whole, the whole East coast pretty much. So it's like Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, DC, and then all the way down to like the tri-states and the Philadelphia's of the world. So pretty much the whole East coast. That's awesome. When did that start? That started about four months ago. We've always done hand deliveries around here. The reason why I like yep. hand deliveries is because better for the earth, right? We do the, the, the bags. So reusable we, bags, reusable bags. We drop off the bag, take back the bag. So it's less uh, waste for the world, all that stuff. So, and it's, again, it's under our control. Our own mm. drivers have it. If there's issues, I could call that driver fixer right away. It's immediate fixes. Um, and then we decided we made a deal with FedEx and now we open it up to the East coast that so we can get people down in Florida getting their meals on Monday, which that's a really important for me. I want people to have their meals either on Sunday or Monday so they could prep right. for the week. Cause for me personally, like if I am not prepped for the week, I'm trash. Mm -hmm. If I don't know what I'm eating tomorrow, I'll just eat on the fly. I'll yeah. eat like shit. I end up at Dunkin' Donuts with a Boston cream <laughs> in no time and hot chocolates and all that shit. So, um, I have to be prepped and I know a lot of people like that too. Yeah. So Sunday and Monday, if people have their food, to me, it's like, okay, my week is ready to rock. So All good diets start on Monday. That's what I'm saying. And even and Sunday is, a, is like a benefit because it's like, okay, I can stock it. I know exactly what the meals I have. And Monday morning, this is what I'm eating. Yeah. But the second best thing is Monday. So as long as I know I, they can get their food on Monday, I'm cool with it. And, and down, everyone, anyone down in Florida gets their meals on Monday. That's awesome. It's incredible to see, to see the expansion. And from a consumer standpoint, because I have... And as much as we've been, you know, we've chatted on text message and um, really have just been the experience as a consumer, as right. someone who gets the meals delivered on Sundays, someone who frequently forgets to put their bag outside of the oh, house. Yeah. And so I've got like, we got a lot of you. there's a time when there's like five stacked and then I'm like, man, yeah. I got to remember this. Oh, but yeah. traveling on weekends, sometimes you're like, shit, I forgot to do it. And then we get I'm sure lot. sometimes the driver's like, oh, great. Connor remembered this and time. We get, we get emails <laughs> that are like. Because some, some people are one of two ways. Some people get aggravated about it, and some people are like, they feel guilty about it. The ones that feel gu guilty are like, I am so sorry. I have 13 bags. <laughs> I'm not trying to keep these. I'm not trying to hoard them. We're like, no, nah, did I get it? My, my mom does it. You know, if my mom does it, and she's as close as we are, then obviously anyone's going to forget. So, um, no, nah, I, I personally think it's funny. As long as we get them back, I don't really care. Yeah. You know? um, now, you talked about COVID years or, or had mentioned it. Oh, yeah. You know, for me, Honestly. I have this, you know, I, it's some people get offended when I, when I say it or when we talk about it, but I've, I've talked about before was, or is COVID good for the fitness industry? Not in a sense of it being like, 
were were people who died of COVID or of comorbidities with COVID. Was that a good thing? Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. So if you're thinking I'm saying that, if you think if you think, think that. if you think he's saying that, I mean, grow up. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, everyone knows COVID was a horrible thing, but there it brought a ton of awareness to health and wellness. Period. Yeah, and so and so I would imagine during that time, especially when people aren't going out as much. One, it was a beneficial time to be able to have a company that provided these meals. But I think that's twofold because now people are like, you know, who's who's safest from this? Oh, the people who are eating whole, natural, unprocessed foods. They are eating them in proper quantities and they're, they're exercising. The fitter you are, the more of a hedge against sickness you have from COVID. So, and so I would look at a company with the care and passion of helping people from what you had started doing to where now you you um, you almost hold this like like a golden ticket of it being like hey we can help your health we can help you defend this thing more than anything else it's like tell me about the the journey process of that about the growth about the the struggles which I'm sure that you had during um, yeah so the COVID yeah first what you said is all 100 percent right the best thing about well again COVID was a horrible thing the the silver lining of COVID it brought a lot of awareness to health and wellness and comorbid- comorbidities, testing yourself, getting blood work done, seeing where you're at, how you can grow, things like that did an amazing job. For COVID, with us as a business and as marketing was two different things. As the business was really difficult to keep people employed while keeping them safe at work mm-hmm. and, and showing them that we care. It's like, how do you tell someone, listen, like I, we want you to come to work but also like we truly care about you. We care about your well-being. We care about your family. We don't want you to at risk at the same time. So yeah. the only way to combat that was to create a uh, safe work environment, that which we tried to do. And on top of that is to always be in contact with everybody and, and making sure they feel safe and making sure their families are good um, and really kind of giving the above and beyond family feel. Like, listen, like this isn't for us. Like we're trying to do best by our clients. We want to make sure you feel safe at the same time. So that, that was a difficult time. On top of that was deliveries was difficult and COVID created a lot of food logistic issues, getting chicken in time, getting all this stuff on time. Even today, it's a nightmare. Prices kind of skyrocketed and hiked. Mm -hmm. So how do we eat that cost without passing it down to our clients? We made the decision to just eat the cost and saying, you know what, long term, it'll be better off for us. You know, our clients will really appreciate it. Hopefully that they know what's happening in the world and know that we're not raising our price, that they kind of give us like a little, you know, tip your hat. Thank you. You know, Um, so and then the marketing side was interesting because there's so many different things happening that we could use as like marketing ammo. One of those things is you don't want to go to the grocery store. I didn't want to go to the grocery store at the time. I was scared shitless of COVID. I don't know. I mean, I like like most. Um, So we kind of pitched that. It was a touchless delivery system that was huge. Number two, it's like, we wanted to promote, you know, your immune system and eating the right foods that, that kind of help you combat this thing, but without trying to like guilt you into it, right? Like we're not trying to tell you like eat healthy or die type of thing, but we wanted to bring awareness and, and try to be more informative about it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the approach we did. We, we did more informative information on like, listen, this is what eating healthy does. Choose to or not. Use us or not. You should be eating healthy, whether you're using Nutray or doing it on your own. You should, because this is the facts behind the matter of your immune system and everything else. So in terms of the business growth during that time, we grew about 15 or 20% um, during that time period. So we grew quite a bit, but also, like you said, it it was a huge mind shift change. I don't think we'll ever see a mind shift change like COVID did to our country. 
it just did so much shifting with the way our buying habits are, even in like real estate and, and experience and how people are acting on a day to day. It just really changed the lives of a lot of people and the mindset. So for us and the people in our space, I think it's going to do a great job. I think it expedited like five years of where the, the meal prep space would be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it just escalated it. It was getting there anyway, but it just like fast tracked it. Um, so we're in a good spot there. Um, and I think we're going to reach a lot more people because a lot more people are aware of meal prepping and kind of what it is and the benefits of it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny when, you know, you and I can have this discussion and talk till we're blue in the face, but it's, it's preaching to the choir. Right. Right. But a lot of, you know, I hear it all the time in this office and everywhere that I've worked as I'll see people being like, Oh, you know, like meal prep's expensive. And then I go see them it hurts pay me. It hurts me so more much. money to go get Dude. a, a sweet green salad, 18 bucks. Then if they would have, and I'm like, no, it just, it seems expensive because you're paying, paying up money up front. Right. But Dude. if you were to even, I mean, even go to the grocery store. I mean, if you shop at Whole Foods, like forget about it. Yeah. It drives me <laughs> up. <laughs> The wall, dude, when people tell me it's too expensive. I'm like, dude, if you're saying it's too expensive, you haven't seen the new norm. No. The new norm, you go and you're buying a steak. First off, if you could even find the right steak. Yeah. Or if you could find the right chicken. Or, or you trust that whatever you're buying is what it is. Is it really non-GMO? Because, again, that's a whole nother argument. Yeah. But what we produce is really high-end stuff. Like, we're not a joke what we produce. We're not organic yet because, again, with, with COVID did, because our goal is to go organic because mm-hmm. I truly think there's a real importance morally to produce organic foods. Um, but we're not there yet because the logistics with COVID and to get organic products right now is just so, so difficult. Right. Um, but our goal is to be there. Cause I think morally that that's the way it is. But again, when people tell me that $12 for a truly, uh, impactful high end, high quality portioned meal is a lot of money. I'm like, come on, it's not. You just got to get over it. You got to yeah. adjust to the new norm. It's just not, you go to the grocery store and you buy a filet, it's 18 bucks. You buy salmon, it's 15 bucks, 10 bucks. You're getting it for 12, 13 bucks, fully assembled, cooked, and ready to rock. And for it's you. robust. I mean, it's. Exactly. You know, I've, um, I've started to like pick favorites and I try to like, like rotate, right. you know, to, to get some new stuff. But I'm also, I'm a creature of habit. Too, where man. if I like something, it's like, if it ain't broke, get, don't fix it. Yeah, I get one or two a week. I'm oh, the same man. Way. That, the, the, the beef sesame stir fry? For me, it's a Mediterranean bowl. It's a sesame beef stir fry. I'm a big fan of the chili because it's easy for me, and especially like during the winter. That's a bison chili? Yeah, the bison oh. chili, turkey chili. For me, it's just easy something to do. We have so many people like that. Yeah. Um, But we like to still keep variety to our menu. So we rotate our menu every single week because mm-hmm. if you look at like the grand scheme of why people stop a diet a lot of it is like they just get used to chicken and rice they don't eat anymore and then subconsciously when you get sick of something you just slowly start going to dunkin donuts you slowly start going to where you don't want because subconsciously you're sick of it so we try to keep variety to the menu every single week and change it up to to kind of keep everyone spiced up so but again i am the same i'm the same way as you i have the same like three or four meals then i'll spice it up with like three (laughs) or four other ones but if i have like my mediterranean bowl every week like i'm i could do that for like five years yeah and be okay with it yes we're the same way there i had the sesame beef stir fry already today oh yeah i today what did i have this morning this morning i had the overnight oats mm. and then what time is it 11 and then i i guilty had the uh uh the donut the chocolate sprinkle guilt-free oh, I can't. donut i can't i gotta i, I know <laughs> to me it's not bad if i'm working out and i yeah. if i work out today and i have one of those little things because <laughs> i have such a crazy sweet tooth yeah 
like the um the butter cake at uh what is it uh, the butter cake at Mastro's for me yeah is like crack so, so that's, that's that's my my Achilles heel I um and I think it probably is way more powerful coming from you because I don't have that relationship with food and it and people are just flabbergasted yeah to when people are like oh do you want dessert I'm like no I'm like well do you not want it because you don't well, you know what it is, dude? Pa- I'm just like, I just don't. When you get used to not having it, it you don't crave it. If I get used to not having carbs, I don't crave it. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know scientifically what it is, but as soon as I have like a Skittle or as soon as I have like a carb overload like yeah. bread, I crave the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Like sci- There has to be something scientifically like what that is or whether it's endorphins or what it is. But, uh, but if I don't have it, I don't crave it. Mm-hmm. But once I touch it, dude, it is crack for me. Not good. Well, I mean, as you know, with, with any processed sugar, refined carbohydrate, like the actual, the density of glucose that your, your body, your brain, I mean, especially in like a, like a hungover state, oh, yeah. that's what, it. that's what you're craving. Yeah. And so then, and once you get that, the hormonal response from carbohydrates and especially processed liquid or refined carbohydrates is just going to elevate that hormonal response way more than, than any of like the less, you know, or the more hormonally neutral, like fats or, or protein is going to do for your system. And and maybe that's why is from competing for so long, I knew every macronutrient of protein, carbohydrate, and fat that went in my body is like you, you had to be able to measure everything to make it, you know, observable and repeatable to figure out what the best, you know, fit for you was. And after a certain amount of time, for me, it was like, I just, I didn't, I just got so far away from it that maybe I didn't want to get back into it. But also now for me is if I have like a snack or a dessert, I feel sick afterwards. Like I'm you don't like, feel I, well. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want to eat this anymore. Cause like I actually feel like shit. It's like your body rather, rejects it. Yeah. Rather than, you know, when you're consistently on it, it's, you know, it's, it's an addiction. This is, there's something that people ask me all the time that I, I haven't got, uh, like a hundred percent know how to answer a type of question. And that's like, should I track my macros or should I not? Or should I be balanced eating or should I not? Because I believe in both sides. Mm-hmm. So like, I believe when someone are like, like, listen, I'm super disciplined with my food and I and macros and I don't have cheap meals and whatever. Like I respect and idolize that. And I think that there's a huge component of discipline in that, 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 uh, affects like your other parts of your life. But I do see the other side when people are like, listen, like so for me, what's sustainable is balanced eating and I can't have a cheat meal here and there. I can do that. I also believe in that too. Mm-hmm. So when someone asks me like, Hey, should I be this or be that? I'm like, I don't, I don't have an answer. Cause I, I believe, I truly believe in both yeah. and I've done both and had success in both. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, if someone asks you like, how do you answer it? So it depends on the person. Yeah. 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 But what's really unique. And, and I even, I talked with, uh, with Hurley about this is there's another podcast and there's two girls and theirs is called like eat the damn cake. And their approach is more of like the you know, have your cheat meal. You don't have to like reward yourself with X, Y, Z. And, and I think they do a really good job and they reach a demographic demographic of people that would see, you know, Austin and I's conversation what we had last week to where he wanted to make a change in his life and he flipped on a dime. He shut a door permanently and he said, that's not what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. And has seen insane success throughout his life, both in the in the health and wellness to That's the business brother. side of things into this stuff to where it was like, this is what I want to do. But not a lot of people, one, think they can do that. A lot of people are just like, ah, you know, that's, that's not necessarily for me or two, know how to get started in it. So I think that it, you have to ask someone follow-up questions to where if it's like, Hey, 
do I need to do, do I want to have like the cheat meal or do I don't want to be super disciplined? Well, I think the, the next question is, well, what are your goals? Is your goal sustainability to, you know, to you know, stay away from the doctors, you know, uh, you know, a couple times a year or to, to, to push this? Or do you have goals that are physical? Do you want to run a marathon? Do you want to compete in this? Do you want to look X, Y, Z? Like, what, what do you want from that? So the more you ask the follow-up questions to where if someone's like, I want to compete in a bodybuilding competition, it's like, no, then here you go. Here's your path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly where Step it goes one. down. And then if it's, you know, I, I just don't want to, I want to be able to pick up my grandkids when I'm, when I'm at that level. It's like, well, maybe there's a little bit of a shift. What are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to change who you are right now to, to, to be who you want to be? Or do you want to continue this, but be a healthier version? Yeah, yeah that's important. Cause and it, it, I feel like there is two buckets of people like me and my brother are one of those people. Like we can't really do the cheat meal and stuff because like we're either all the fuck in or we're all the fuck out. Yeah. Or you'll see me on Sunday with my grandmother, like pounding uh, <laughs> fusilli, like till my, I puke or something. Um, so for me and my brother, Angel, and probably a lot of other people, like I'm either in or I'm out. I can't, I don't have the ability or like the mental uh, strength to kind of balance it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it is, but I just know that about myself. It's just like my Achilles heel. So I just have to kind of work around it. Um, but the people who can do it, I feel like that is the most sustainable though. You know, like the people who can and have the goals to be like, you know what? I can't have a cheat meal and, and kind of go back on the wagon the next day. Yeah. Then I think that's an awesome route too. But again, I, I see both. But for me, it's like I, I either got to be all the fuck in or all out. It's people who understand moderation and who can't. Right. I've no, I've never been able to like successfully like half dick anything. Right, right. Like all I've, in or all out. Yeah. And it's, you know, Powerful, and it's, it's probably, you know, there's, we talk about two buckets and I hate to like, cat, like make like two general statements of like categorizing people. But for any of the things that I've done and I've had success in, I've had to strip away everything else to say I'm all in at this. Yeah. And, and that goes as well for like my cheat meals. Like people will see, not often, but people will see me out. And I know a lot of people at the office just assume that I don't drink because I wake up early every morning and I train every morning. And then they'll see me out and be like, Lord have mercy. How is he doing? Like, what is happening? How and you're is like, he sustaining How? this? And it's like, well, the next day I'm going to wake up and train. But like, this is the day to where I don't have any interest in having one beer. And people are like, do you want to go meet up for a beer? It's like, well, one, that's not going to happen. And two, no, I don't like, I would rather feel incredible. Like I'm good at zero and I'm good at hundred miles per hour. Right. And I think there are other people like us like that to where the conversation again needs to relate to the goals where other people some people call them mature, but some people who can have that moderation, you know, who can have a, a little bit of this or like to enjoy a glass of wine with, with dinner, um, you know, they have the ability or capability of doing that, or at least the care to try to do that. I think that's a, there's a, there's an important piece of that too, that, that I see a lot with, um, self-development. Cause I, again, I try to preach a little bit on the self-development side is, mm-hmm. is the feeling of guilt. Um, cause it's a real deep uh, issue that a lot of people have, including my, I mean, especially myself. So what I mean by that is like, let's say you're like, okay, I'm starting my diet. I'm starting this journey, whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, your body calls you on a Friday night, like Fisher, you ever seen the Fisher stuff, the Fisher Instagram? And he's like, it's Friday night. You guys are going out with your boys again? No, you guys no. seen that? Oh, I've dude. seen some of the stuff from Fisher. He's dude, hilarious. He's fucking but... incredible. Anyway, so it's like Friday night, your boys call you and you're, you're on your diet and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go out. Yeah. You go out, you have 10 beers and three shots of tequila. You woke up hungover. You don't work out the next day and you just, you beat yourself about it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you beat your ego down and you beat yourself up and you feel so guilty about it. And it's like the, people get so hard on themselves with that, that they can't recover. It's like, there has to be some sort of snap and clear mentality. Like, listen, like you have to be okay with what, with that. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with going out and being like, you know what? I, I, I did my thing yesterday, but I'm back on the wagon today. And it's okay to do that. You know, you don't have to beat yourself up or beat your ego down and, and, and wait, you know, like three, four days that go by before you can like mentally like get get back after it again. A lot of people just have to learn, especially myself, you know, not to be so hard on yourself. You know what I mean? If you want to go out and get after it and go that hundred miles an hour, you could do it. Just next day, you got to know, you got to get back on the wagon and do your thing. So is that, would that be your answer to that? If- I think so. I think so. Because dude, a lot of people with self-development and people who are trying to go on these journeys and stuff of, of better improving themselves, their expectations of themselves sometimes could be too high. And their expectations of, of how they beat themselves down or feel that guilt can be debilitating. It takes weeks to get over that stuff. And, and a lot of people, a lot of person's first uh, enemy is themselves. You know what I mean? Whether that's them feeling guilty or whether them that being themselves down about things. It's like, sometimes you got to just snap and clear, man, and just and take life a little lighter and just know, okay, I'm on this journey. It's okay. I went out and did my thing, but tomorrow I'm going to get back at it. And it's not going to disrupt my six month goal or my three month goal. Me going out today is not going to affect my six month goal. It's actually really profound hearing you say that <clears throat> because it's something that I haven't been able to relate to with clients of mine. And I think that would make me a less effective trainer, coach, whatever that my title would be at that because there have been times where I haven't seen someone in the gym for a matter of weeks and it's like, what was going on? And you know, they, they know how much I want their results and they see, they have that night, they have their friends call them, they go out, they, they do that. And then it's like the next day they're hungover, so they don't work out. And then because of this guilt, it's like, well, I can't go back in. I've got to, or I'm going to train around to then I can get back to where I was and then I can go back. I'm like, why wouldn't you have just come in on Monday? And it's, and it's maybe the expectation that I've put out there that I would be disappointed in them. But the other one is that they're actually disappointed in themselves to where they think like, like this is not okay. If it was something that you wanted to do now, granted, if there was some sort of goal, you know, if they're trying to compete at the highest level or they're professional athletes and they had a playoff game the following day that they didn't play well. And like, I I understand the guilt component, but 99.999% of us aren't there. And so maybe that's, that's something for me to where, you know, I didn't talk about that or I didn't, I didn't relate to be like, Hey, if this happens and you want to come in and be like, Hey, I'm super hungover. I just want to like sit on the rower for a little bit just to get back to, you know, homeostasis. Like that's an okay thing. Well, do momentum is a very, uh, it's a very powerful tool. And I've seen it in business and self-development and people and everything. Momentum is insane. Mm-hmm. When you get the right momentum, what happens? And then on the opposite side, when you start the downward momentum, when you get that spiral. And a lot of it first happens like when one bad night out and then they, the, that energy of that s- spiral kind of sensation It just, they lose control of it and then they'll say, okay, I'm going to go tomorrow. Okay, two days. I'm going to start again in four days, five days. And all of a sudden two weeks go by, you're like, shit. But you have to kind of be aware of it, note it, and then be like, you know what? But I can't, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop this shit momentum and I'm going to turn this bitch around and tomorrow I'm going to do my thing or the next day I'm going to do my thing. But the key is to don't let that momentum get to you. Don't let the downward spiral go one week, two, three, four, five. 
that's when shit gets out of control. I mean, that's for me too, and in business and anything. Yeah. I had a mentor of mine. His name is John Wellborn. Um, did a lot of stuff with fitness and training, was a um, NFL lineman. And we've always talked you know, offline. And one of his biggest things was like to yield to temptation. Right. To where it's like, if you just pretend it's not there and then it happens, you're not going to be set up for success. But when it's like yielding to temptation, like understanding that it's going to be there and understanding there's going to be areas to where you can participate, like that's going to set you up for more success to when you want to exit off the highway rather than pretending the highway doesn't exist. Then you find yourself on it and it's like, well, here I am. Yeah, exactly. There's there's so much to aware, awareness and mindfulness. Like you said, like that's so important. You can't ignore certain stuff. You can't ignore the temptations. It's with anxiety. I have a really bad, bad, bad anxiety. I've had it for a long time, but the past six months has been debilitating. And a lot of the the studies and therapy and stuff that people like me go through, a lot of it is to be mindful of that stuff. Like be mindful of that temptation, not to ignore it, mm-hmm. not to suppress it, but acknowledge it, note it, and move on or, or do go throughout your day. Yeah. That's it. You know, we've always kind of talked about that, but I think when you relate it with momentum and being able to, you know, go with the flow of momentum or fight against it. Um, like I said before, it's, it's kind of profound to think, okay, now I have another way that I can relate to clients, whether they are, you know, people that are six years old that are trying to stand up off their couch or they're professional athletes in, in their respective sports. It's like having that, that awareness to be able to communicate that, to be like, hey, here's here's some options of things that could happen. Right. Rather than, you know, the the last guy that I had on here, Austin Maliolo, he he changed his life. Boom. Like, turn. That was no longer an option. He had wiped he that back. Clean, yeah. clean from the table. And that was the route that he went to where, you know, he couldn't relate then, you know, years later after having this this incredible amount of success because he was capable of doing that. He was strong-willed enough to do that. Um, it was hard for when people were like, oh, I went out and had drinks to where it's like, why? Yeah. Why yeah. would you do it? He can't even, he and can't then, even see it. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. And then, and so the, there is a disconnect. And, and again, this was, this was like when I had first met him after he had, you know, made those changes. Now I think as he's growing as a entrepreneur, person. businessman, as a person, he has a kid. Now it's like, it's, it's a lot more of like an understanding thing to where it's not so black and white because it was so beneficial for him. He's, you know, understands there's, there's more ways for it to go on, but I just have so much respect for someone like that, that is able to say, and it was, it was like a rock bottom point. You know, it wasn't like he went out one night and came back and was hung over the next day. It was like, man, I got to stop doing this. You know, he was able to make those changes, which I think with trainers relating back to when we were talking about the you know, eat the damn cake podcast. And a lot of the stuff that I preach is that those are both options. Right. So when people come at, you know, when people ask, you know, it's like, well, well, what are you willing to do for it? And there are those people that, that are willing to go cold Turkey or willing to go all in to get the results. They're willing to change everything about what they are, who they are today in order to be the person they want to become. And you know, those are the clients that you see. Those are the people that lose over a hundred pounds. And dude, you want to know something too that's so important about that process that that guys like you are so important to the world is the accountability piece of it. Because sometimes people, they do want to sacrifice. They do want to go to that world, that, but they need that extra oomph. They mm-hmm. need that extra hand-holding. They need that extra someone to 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 push them when they're down, to, to keep them up when they are up. 
yeah. that, that, that hand holding accountability part. And with Nutre, I like, I love Nutre because of that. Cause the food part of it's like, listen, what is your excuse not to eat healthy at this point? Because it's already there for you. Yeah. And, and now where I'm at, like Nutre kind of 2.0, 3.0 is how can we as a business keep them accountable? I, we did the food part, but what's process two for that? How can I help someone when they're not, when they're feeling down, they, they feel like they want to give up on that journey. What can new trade do to, to lift them up? And that's kind of our, my next goal for us is like, what can we do? Is it a, is it a life coaching program? Is it a, is it every single client has a one-on-one person they could speak to? Um, like, what is it? Is it inform? Is it in, just beating them with, with information on why to keep doing it? Like, what is that next phase for us? Cause it's so important, dude. Mm-hmm. And that's why coaches and trainers and mentors are so important to people and humans is because accountability and reminders are so important for people. That's why I like to read. I, I, I know 90% of the stuff that I read, I already know it, but to read it, it keeps it top of mind to listen to podcasts. It keeps it top of mind. You know what I mean? It's like that reminder for me. Like, you know what? I got to get back on my shit. Are you want to know what? Like I got to wake up a little bit earlier tomorrow. I got to challenge myself. I got to be a little bit more disciplined. It's that accountability and those reminders, man. Yeah. That's cool that that's the mindset, you know, as opposed to it being like, how do we get cheaper food to get bigger profit margins Uh, and that stuff? It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it comes down to doing the right things for the right reasons for the right people. And whether you're able to become the biggest food prep company in the world or change the most amount of lives and impact that have a, have a percentage base of, well, we have, X amount of clients and we have X amount of success stories. It's like, it seems like that's a lot more important to you than, than the latter side of things of, well, if you look at the disruptors in the world, the people that changed the world were people that went in it 90%. I mean, there's obviously your, your variables, but 90% of the time they went in it to change people. They wanted to change a dynamic of something that was wrong and that they truly wanted to fix that problem, whether it was a problem in people, whether it was a problem in a mindset, like they wanted to fix that problem. They didn't think about, well, if I fix that problem, you know, I'm going to make a billion dollars in the first six months. It's like, no, let's fix that problem first. And for the problem that we're trying to fix is people eat like shit. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of people don't have access to, to healthy food and they get, they get so turned off or, um, what's the word, uh, intimidated by how to, how do I eat healthy? How do I start? Does it, is this oil good for me? Is this oil good? And all of a sudden you Google it and there's 10 different versions yeah. of olive oil is good for you. Olive oil is bad for you. Uh, is chicken good for you? 10 things say it's good. 10 things say it's bad. And you're reading, you're like, what the fuck? So it's like, how do we simplify it, deliver it in a package and, and make sure that you trust us along that process? Cause there's so much weird information that yeah. even with coffee, dude, one day I remember I Googled, I was like, is coffee good for me? I was like, what the hell am I, because my anxiety was crazy. 10 articles said it was the best thing ever for me and I'll live fucking 100 years longer. The next one said it's going to give me a heart attack and I'm going to die tomorrow. It's like, what the hell? What do I believe? Yeah. I think that's something that we um, we take for granted is when we're like, people eat like shit. And there's, again, multiple categories in that about people who just don't care. And then there's the people that think that they're eating healthy because they listen to all this. Oh, they went to sweet greens. Bullshit. The health propaganda bullshit. Well, it's yeah, it's the same thing that it's always been about. You right. know, this this processed carbohydrate fats are bad for you. You know, which was what created this entire you know you know issue in the first part, where it was like, oh, in our food pyramid, on our FDA approved food food pyramid, we're gonna have breads and pastas at the base of it. This is going to be the most about what you should be eating. Don't get me started with that shit, dude. 
when I one of the biggest thing that drives me nuts that's like I want to be a disruptor and if I could if my life goal if you, if I were to sit down and write down what my life goal like a major major goal is to be a disruptor in the hospital industry I cannot stand that industry dude they are not preventative people forget that hospitals are a pro profit industry mm-hmm. they are not there they are there for surgeries and stuff to help you but if someone's pre-diabetic help them with their food if someone has cancer please provide them a nutritional solution because there's facts that back it don't use i don't care if you're using nutri or not but that industry has to change there has to be more nutritional uh focused uh, solutions there because 90 percent of these issues that the hospitals are seeing are their food food can fix it Nutrition can fix it. What's what fucked it up in the first place what, for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. So what like So how do you unfuck it? Food. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Dude. I have anxiety, right? I've had it my whole life. And when I was younger, you know, they would just try to drench me with medicine. I never did it. Ten years later, you know, I, I dealt with it my with my own uh melodies and stuff. But now I'm starting to do my research and I'm in this industry. I'm like, what the fuck? How can I help? What can I do? What can mm-hmm. I do? And I see that food is a huge solution to anxiety. Think about sugars, processed carbs, what it does to your, um, you know, spikes of energies and stuff like that. Like there's a science behind anxiety and nutrition. Why didn't they tell me that? Why isn't it the first thing? Why isn't it the first fucking thing that got brought up for any type of those disease, whether even depression, there's a huge correspondence between food and depression, anxiety and your whole gut biome and that whole process is massive. That's why you, you feel a certain way when you have a large pizza the next day. Or you feel lighter and better, more energy when you you, you uh, eat certain foods. There's a scientific reason for that. Now, why, if this is a fact, isn't that brought up in the in the hospital space? It drives me nuts. It's fucking money. It drives me insane. And I had some a friend of mine who you know, who I won't bring up his name. His mother passed of cancer three years ago, uh, four or five years ago now. And at the time, and this is how this whole thing got brought up to me. He asked me, he said, "Hey, man." The hospital is not giving my mother any guidance in nutrition, but she has cancer. And I'm reading that there's so much um, studies that are showing that her specific cancer can be helped in nutrition. Can you help me? First, I was like, yeah, of course, I'm giving her free meals forever. Mm -hmm. Like, let's see how we could help this thing. And then the second thought, I was pissed for him. I was like, why the fuck wouldn't they start to think or, or implement a nutrition counseling or something for her? If there's facts that show that even, the, and he was telling me after, after she passed, if I could get just six more months with her, that would have meant everything for me. Mm-hmm. If she was eating healthy and that proved to her that she can get an extra month, two month day, that would have meant everything for me. And the hospital did not give her that solution, did not give her that option. So now I'm on like a fucking vendetta. How can I disrupt this space? I mean, I'm going to need a lot of help, but food is a part of it. And if I have that ability, if I have that ammo, I have a, I have a good start, and I'm gonna disrupt it somehow, shape, or mm-hmm. way, or form. It, within within before I die, somehow I will do it. Um, but it has to change. Hopefully that this can bring like some sort of awareness to it. And if you have any of those mental health issues or anything from even cancer, please do your research on nutrition to see how that specific disease can be helped by their nutrition. Yeah, and y- you know I was. It's hard for some people to hear that. Because every every person that's in this office, every person that's in this building, every person that you walk out on the street knows someone current or past that has passed away from cancers. And and so it's it's really hard to think, and especially during that grind, especially during that entire time period to where 
they're watching their friends disintegrate. 100%. And to think that there was something that this hospital could have done or something that the education system that doctors go through to even in the simplest level understand that a cancer cell cannot proliferate without the presence of glucose. 100%. That it's like, how is that not the first thing addressed? And a lot of people will avoid talking about it because it's uncomfortable. Until you think, like your friend said, even if there was just six months, not to say, hey, you start eating this stuff, it's going to cure all your cancers. No, that's chance. not that's not what's saying at all. But to, but to understand and know that if certain measures were taken, you could have had that extended time. It's like, why wouldn't you look into it? Or at least give the option for it, especially in depression, anxiety. Right now, it's a ma- I mean, again, I'm a huge anxiety person and I... I I am desperately trying to talk to other people with anxiety to try to help them because I've been uh, completely immobile from it. Um, So people like that, when I see it, it's like I'm desperately trying to tell them, like, dude, start journaling. Start journaling what you're eating. You'll start to see trends of what's going on in your body. Like, it's so important. Like, please listen to me. I know your therapist isn't telling you that, or I know your hospital isn't telling you that. I know they're just trying to put medication, which medication does help in certain scenarios. I'm not saying that it doesn't, but please look at this alternative. Like nutrition is such a massive thing. Um, well, hospital, man. like you said, doctors and they're hospitals, pre- they're, they're lifeguards. They're not preventative. They're not swim coaches. No, they're not going to teach you how to swim through the water. They're no. going to wait till you're in the water and you're drowning. And then they, and then they have these helping mechanisms. They're not preventative, dude. They're pre, I think there's a hundred million people or 80 million people in this country. that's pre-diabetic and not, not doing shit about it. Not doing a thing about it. They're just, okay, you're sick. This is what we're going to do now. But why isn't there anything that's in in place. Okay, this is where you're at. Let's start preventing it so you don't get there or you don't get here. The person that created, that invented insulin, which was at first initially that. invented from from uh, canines, from a dog, the, one of the things that he said in, in inventing it was, this is not the answer. It's a Band-Aid. Yeah, th- like, like this can be used for this, yes, but this relying on this is only going to make the issue worth worse and potentially a death sentence to where the, the person who was like, Hey, here, here, I have this thing that can be helpful. And then it's like, well, what can you do? We can get money. If someone starts to be glucose intolerant, well, why are you glucose intolerant? Well, there's so much insulin in your blood. Well, why is there so much insulin in your blood? Well, we're eating liquid processed and refined sugars. that's absolutely spiking it with nothing to slow down that process, which leads to hyperinsulinemia, which in the deadly quartet will lead to hypertension, glucose intolerance, upper body obesity, hypertriglyceridemia, which is too much fats in your blood. It's like all of these things, like this information is here. Read, read an article by Dr. Barry Sears called the deadly quartet. In, in 1989, this was, this was information that was available. And the fact that that's not the first thing that looks at, it's not like, hey, let's change what you're eating because then the hospitals and doctors don't make any money. Oh, it's fucking bullshit, dude. I, there, there was a book that I read, uh, How Not to Diet. Unbelievable. Dude, I, I swear to God, that book has like eight years of education in it in one book. It was mm-hmm. incredible. There was a stat in there that I think it said 90% of people who are diagnosed in the first five years of type 2 diabetes can be reverted, reverted, cured, cured with nutrition. 90% dude in the, but there was a, a timeline. Like they have to, they're diagnosed now. They have like a, like I think it was five to 10 years to, to really start to go after to fix it with nutrition. That is a cure. My friend, that is a scientific cure. When you eliminate the root cause of a disease, right. that is a cure by definition, by definition. Now, why isn't that the number one? Why isn't there prescriptions of food? Why isn't, why isn't the hospital coming to nutrient meal plans and saying, 
Uh, we need to prescribe Joe Schmo diabetic friendly meals because he just got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Insurance is going to cover it or this or that or even not, whatever. There needs to be some sort of dialogue there between companies like us, whether it's us or not. Again, mm-hmm. would I love to be the disruptor and be the number, the guy? For sure. Oh, yeah. But I am more, I'm more uh, aware of what guys like my dad go through. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'd rather fix him than me be profitable. But in the same sense, do I want to be the disrupt- disruptor in that? For sure. There, that needs to happen soon. It will hopefully sooner or later if, you know, if money isn't involved. But, I mean, it has to happen, dude. That's a cure. It's fucking crazy. The more I think about it, it's insane. But with that being said, we have diabetic-friendly meals literally because of that, yeah. because of my uh, because of my dad. And we have a dietitian on staff, and she audits all of our meals to make sure all macros are all good and making sure that the meals that we say are diabetic-friendly are. Yeah. And we also even have low-sodium meals, mm-hmm. low-sodium for people with uh, cardiac issues, heart issues. Again, my dad has that too. So he needs a mix between low-sodium and our, our diabetic-friendly meals. So- you know, we're just trying to give that solution, man. It's like, but now, now the, not the issue, but our roadblock or our next step is now, how do we get this in front of more people? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I, you know, that's the other problem with business. It's like when I, cause I, there's so many people who reach out to us and be like, wow, you, I lost 50 pounds and, and I don't take insulin anymore. But now my, my, for me, it's like, I don't want to dangle his story morally as bait to sell someone else because it's like, I don't know. It's like something morally weird with that for me. It's like his success was, was good enough for me. Like I I'm okay with him losing that, but I don't want to use him as bait to get somebody else. Yeah. You know what I'm But it's like, I, I, sh- I don't know. It's like this weird dilemma that I have. I don't know if other people go through that or not. I mean, I can understand it. I think it's one thing to where you want to be doing it. Like we talked about the right reasons for the right people right. doing the right things. And when you, when you have those two, when you're when you know, for the right people, for the right reasons, it's like, well, that's good for me. But if you can kind of take a step back and have that overarching view of, of this person was truly helped by this, their story, not necessarily to bring more profitability, but to help that other person. Because what I've learned is when I tell someone who is, a hundred pounds overweight, someone who is morbidly obese to say, Hey, we can, I have a fix for this. They look at me and they say, no, you've, you know, you're different than I am, but they see someone, um, one of my really good friends, got to work with him, train with him at Reebok, um, lost over a hundred pounds, Mike Murdoch. If I can tell, if I can, if I can push them to Mike lost well over a hundred pounds to say, here's Mike's before, here's his after he did it. You can do it. Then it's like shit. That's who I want to listen to. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. It's like it's a it's a motivational kick. It's the the testimonial of of someone that's more relative, I think can help. I think can help more people. Now, does that solve the problem to where you're like, okay, let's start promoting it? No, like, I know, no, I know. Again, it's like I, I think you are right because I mean that. I mean, before and after pictures have, have been used, you know, for decades. Yeah. To proof of concept of why it works, and there's a, obviously science behind why it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do got to do more of it, and uh, I think it just has to do with. Like for me to be okay with it morally, I just got to ask him permission. Like, hey man, do you mind if I use this? And this is the reason why I want to use this testimonials because I think there's a lot more people like you and I want to share this with them to hopefully they can be motivated by your story. Mm-hmm. If I could position it that way, I think we're going to keep, that's like our next, again, emphasis in our marketing is 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 doing more of that. You know what I mean? Sh- showing more stories. It's, it's one thing yeah. like to have a, a good looking girl in an ad and saying like, you know, buy Nutra, yeah, you know, that's cool and, and all, but success stories and, and real people talking real solutions is, is kind of where 
I want that next point of our branding to kind of be. I just want to do it morally. That's yeah. Cool. All right. So anyone listening to this right now, what's going to get them on okay. meals? So I'll give anyone who's listening to this five free meals for one week. And again, I don't want to bait and switch you. We are a subscription. Okay. So five free meals for the first week. And then you have the full right if you want to cancel, skip, keep on, whatever. But you'll get five free meals for free. Um, we can call it, what's his name again? Peter Hurley. Hurley free will be the code. Wow. H R L Y. Cause that's how he spells it on there. This handsome bastard. He's going to be Hurley free <laughs> for five free meals. Use that code. It'll be live today. Well, Thursday when we announce. Yeah. Thursday, whenever this thing goes on. <laughs> Pretty good. It's always funny talking about things and then having it like a, like a week will go by oh where God, it's yeah. like, you're like talking about events that had already happened, but, um, it's like talking the future. Yeah. The past. Valentino, I love the passion. I didn't know any of this about you. I had heard it right from other yeah. people, but to, it makes me even more proud to order from a company that has the, it, just the, the moral values that you guys do hearing the story behind how it all started. And obviously super stoked to see the success of it, Thanks, which means that I get to still, you know, yeah. get, get my meals delivered. And, and in, it's in the next, in the next phase of us, I think we're going to, the more our team starts to grow, we're going to start doing more Florida trips. Like guys like you, we're going to take them to Florida and we're going to have a nice week getaway and eating fun and having fun. Um, and I don't want this to come off as just, I'm this way, like with a new tray. Mm. It's literally from our chef, Mike, to our dietitian, Michelle, to our head of experience, Lincoln, to both my brothers. We all feel this way. And I get a lot of my drive, uh, character and, um, personality from my brothers there. If without my brothers, I'm literally nothing. And without my brother's new trays, nothing. My brothers are a massive, massive part of, of what we do. Um, and it's that's what makes, I think, us nice too is because we're, we don't just like, it's not just the owner who feels this way. Mm-hmm. Like we all feel this way from our chef to the people in the pack room to our dietitian. So um, I think that's kind of what makes disruptors. Like that's what disrupts industries are people like us and you and stuff and everyone kind of believing that same message and pushing that same message forward. As they say, attitude reflects leadership. Yeah. So when you have a group of people that are motivated, usually it comes from the top down. Do we actually have a, a life coach who's a was a um, a Navy SEAL? Uh, no, he's an Army Ranger. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and he is our life coach between me and my brothers. Yeah. So I'm a huge advocate of how people um, who serve this country, like what they believe in their disciplines. It's incredible, dude. When when you bring the way you guys have learned and how you guys have practiced discipline into like business or like everyday life, it's incredible what it can do. And Jeremiah has been an, uh, an absolute blessing for us um, and keeping us accountable and, and inputting certain habits for us. And he's been amazing. It's it, anytime that I get to see that, that carryover. Oh dude, it's I amazing. Mean, I mean, I was, I was a, a, a peon in the, in the military scale with the amount of time that I spent in there, but hearing some of the stories from some of the people from the most extreme from your Jockos and your, and your David Goggins to the people who said, Hey, here's how this has impacted me. Here's how I can help it impact you. And just that, that like discipline you know, equals freedom type thing. I think it's, I think it's super awesome. And that you're open to taking feedback from someone who maybe not is in your industry or hasn't had the same success in business as you have, but to be able to understand and take that from people, I think, I think is a humble approach. I think that's, that's oh, volumes. He humbles the shit out of me. <laughs> he humbles the shit out of me. If you think you're the man one day, he will humble you down in a nice way, yeah. in, a, in a good way, not like in a guilty way, but he'll really put you in perspective. And it's kind of, yeah, I think people do need that, that unbiased look of your spouse, especially if you're a business owner, it's like, you don't really have many people to like talk to. Mm. 
know what I mean? To like unbiasedly give you like real advice, whether it's good or bad, like shit on you or praise you. Yeah. Um, and a life coach is, is really nice. I mean, I don't know if anyone's been on the fence about having a life coach, but if you're a business owner, I, I think I would recommend it. At least try somebody, see if it works. Well, that's awesome, man. Appreciate you coming out yeah, here. Of course, bro. Uh, any social medias that you want to tag or let people know to follow? Yeah, Nutre is Nutre, N-U-T-R-E underscore meals. That's that that account. My personal account is Valentino Perina underscore. So, I don't know, it's too long to Perina, say. not yeah. Perina. Yeah, we'll put it on. We'll put it on here. We'll yeah. tag him in it. <laughs> I love doing this. Here. <laughs> it's going to be right. Here. Uh, but yeah, follow me on there and uh, I'll give you a follow back. And if you guys ever want to chat about anything, I'm always a, I always talk to people on there, so... Dude, absolute pleasure. Thanks, brother.